0: We'll talk a little bit about the acquisition of knowledge about the process of improving our understanding of apprehending truth and so we could start at I see uh, endless amount of doors to to this to a conversation like this but we could uh, pick one and, and say that uh, if we ask many people today with higher level educations for, for instance what is the method to attain to truth and the answer uh, that we may get is we have to experiment we have to observe and uh, there's nothing that we can know a priori uh, meaning before we've went out into the world and, and experimented and uh, that's the the method of um, uh, of science uh, to, to to figure things out and the, the objective uh, reality uh, that has nothing to do at all with um, or uh, our mind and the way that we understand things is is there and we simply try to apprehend it so consequently, if we, uh, for, we for example, we, we observe uh, a given uh, pattern of motion and that pattern of motion had nothing to do with us observing it and now uh, we have to simply figure out a way to, to phrase it uh, and it could have been anything at all. all right, so let, let's explore this. So let's say that uh, we, in order to figure out that two weights are equal what, do we, what, what can we do? We can weigh them on an electronic scale uh, and, and get a weight, let's say 5 pounds and 5 pounds or 5 kilos and 5 kilos, or we can take an old-fashioned scale uh, with two, uh, you know, the two things on the, the, the sides and we can place one weight on, on one side and the other weight on the other side. And now we ask, what would be the situation where uh, the, the notion that two weights that are equal balance each other out would be falsified. <laughs> all right, So we see that if the, uh, the, the, the scale is not balanced out, then one weight uh, meaning one weight goes up, the other one goes down or vice versa, then what do we say? We say that the weights are not equal. Now is there any circumstance whatsoever where we would where that would occur and we would still say no the weights still were equal. No, all right? Why? Because it's by definition. What does this tell us? It tells us that we're imposing our understanding on perception. There's nothing that we can ever perceive or experience that could tell us that uh, the two weights that that don't balance out are are in truth and actually equal. So we see consequently that if we begin to carefully examine uh, the the contents of uh, of the the body of scientific knowledge in in any uh, discipline, whether it's chemistry, whether it's biology, whether it's physics, even whether it's math, we're going to see that what's really going on is that we're imposing uh, our l- rules of thought uh, onto onto uh, that's a question onto what we would colloquially say onto perception, but it's also probably not that simple uh, but we first of all, we can say that if it's certainly not so naively simple as that we're simply observing things and then we're we're figuring things out with that there's nothing to do with our with our thought uh, what would be the real then method of investigation? uh to really attain clarity in our thought and it would be we would say it's a matter of conception it's a matter of what we we can conceive so we say that as long as we have a tiny little bit of content to manipulate in our mind meaning somebody who's never had any kind of sensations who's uh, was born blind deaf and without touch uh theoretically don't know if that that's ever actually occurred but let's say somebody has no touch sensation we can't imagine that he or she would have any capacity of of, of of thought, because there's nothing to variate mentally. But if there's the tiny little bit of content, we, we would say the, the vast bulk of what can be figured out can be figured out beforehand. For example, that um, well, we have to, that the laws according to which everything that eventually we will we can figure out can be uh, deduced. For example, the question of the scale. We don't need to ever actually experiment to know by definition that two weights that are equal will balance out. Uh, We don't need to know uh, that uh, two straight lines can't enclose a space. We don't need to experiment, meaning in in order to figure that out, we can visualize it. We can see what is it possible to visualize, what is it to so speak visualize, what is it possible to conceive of, Uh, what is it possible to to formulate in our mind. And consequently, if we find that there's no alternative to a given conception, excuse me, that it's absolutely necessary, uh, then we would say that that is what we would call reality. That's the truth, so to, not so to speak. That is the truth because there's nothing else that it can be, right? So we say again that it's the truth that two weights that are equal will balance out on a scale, not because we've even tried it necessarily. I don't know personally that I've ever uh, done that, maybe one day in science class, but uh, uh, we, we don't ever have to try that. We just know that there's no other conception. There's nothing that can falsify it. By definition, If it, if they didn't turn out uh, if they weren't balanced, then we would say that it's not that concept that, that 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 they're equal. So we see we can we can work through things like this, math uh, as well. It's right? so, oh it's a big mystery what what a number. you'd say that math is uh, is a big tautology in a certain sense. And by definition, let's say two and two, excuse me, is four. Why? Because we define it like that. Two then uh, uh, is composed out of one and one. One stands for a single note of variation, meaning where we decide to consider something and something. Uh, So consequently, two is considering something and something, a variation and a variation. Another two is considering another variation, another variation. And four is considering a variation, a variation, a variation, and a variation. We can know this. This can never be falsified. It can never be disproven. It's what we'd call law of our thought. What what does it even mean to say it's our thought? We just say it's reality. It's the truth. Right, but it's not uh, so naively simple that it's something we look we look through binoculars, through a microscope, through a telescope. So consequently, we see we uh, so the, the people that um, physicists, mathematicians that don't have necessarily a philosophical background, they have no idea really what they're doing. No offense, but uh, they they think that uh, they'll say random statements. Oh, it's a mathematical universe. Uh, everything is is uh, mathematical. Everything is this and that. So really, uh, <laughs> what's going on is that we have um, what we call perceptions, again, which really what that is is, is questionable. Uh, we make certain measurements, which is a whole different discussion there, uh, as to their contingency on our on our tools and our understandings. And then we choose how to break things up, meaning we have, for example, um, we have a, a site uh, of, a, of a telephone pole. We can break that up in, in any which way using our notion of variations, meaning we can uh, consider one variation and another variation by thinking of uh, the, the center of the telephone pole, we can consider uh, uh, a variation, a variation, a variation, variation, a thousand times what we would call, uh, not to use the thing in the definition, because how do we define a thousand, but it, we would have to spell it out variation, variation, and so forth, again, again, it, until we reach what we call a thousand, uh, ten, a hundred sets of uh, ten, or ten sets of a hundred. Uh, so we can divide it any which way, and then we can uh, uh, apply operations to that. We can say, if I... Uh, one half of a telephone pole plus one half of a telephone pole is a telephone pole. Why is that? Is that because the telephone pole is mathematical intrinsically? Or is it because we've described the telephone pole using this uh, 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 logical, uh, nas- uh, tautological, not pronouncing it, tautology, logical uh, system of ours? Right? So by one half of the telephone pole, first of all, the telephone pole then refers to a concept of ours, and not simply a, a brute perception, a brute sensation. Uh, that there's a, a, a certain um, uh, means to, to convey um, uh, the telephone signals. or would it be now, electrical pole? The telephone pole, they probably don't have that anymore, right? With, with satellites, let's say electrical pole, right? They're conveying electricity. Uh, so that's a concept, but that our, our memories jog uh, 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 when we see a particular side, an elongated uh, tube-like thing. And, and when we do that, then we think... Um, that is a uh, 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 that that is a telephone pole, but of course it's not. It's just the sight which brings to our mind the concept of a telephone pole. If we go up to what we call a telephone pole, electrical pole, excuse me, and we touch it, that's just the touch sensations that are certainly not the electrical pole. That doesn't make any sense. It's a separate sensation, separate sight. So we see that's a concept first. Though. That's strictly what we would call our idea. Uh, then we've taken the the sight the sign of it, the sight sensations. We've arbitrarily, meaning we according to our choice, uh, chosen to to uh, consider a, a gap between one part of that sight sensation and another part, and then we've uh, designated one such part with the term one, or or one half, and the other one with the the other term one half one, designating the entirety of the sight that brings to our mind this idea. All right so then obviously we can manipulate that and say that that and that is the whole thing it doesn't mean that it's mathematical and just so it doesn't mean that the universe is mathematical or that the ultimate reality is mathematical or that the the kind of a mechanical mathematical conception of uh of things which uh, is it's uh, kind of a, from the stone age from from the, the 17th century and on uh, not only but uh, it probably most most prominently uh, that that is somehow the the ultimate reality right the ultimate reality of the telephone, of the electrical pole isn't the utility it's not the sight with the color it's not the feel with the with the touch sen- intricate touch sensations right the wood the the all of that uh, the curves, the bumps it's not any of that. Really, it's one half and one half. Really, it's X. It's one, right? Why? Because we've chosen to describe it. It's just a, it's a silly kind of a error here in reasoning. It's like again thinking that our words are the thing. For example, somebody says, "Give me a I'm very hungry a person on the street." Says, "Give me a slice of pizza." So you so "You want a slice of pizza? Here's some pizza. Where is it? I just gave it to you. Where? How did you give it to? You? I just said the word pizza. Here's pizza." And so, no, give me pizza. What do you mean? I just said here's pizza, right? So that's what we're doing by thinking that the the ultimate reality is quote-unquote mathematical. Math math is just a language. And say, uh, right, it's a a special kind of language. It's it's a tautology. It it, it has built-in logic, some would say, whatever we would say. But it's it's just a a way to describe our perceptions, our experiences, then flip things around and say that that description is the, the the underlying fundamental reality. It's it's ridiculous, and honestly, it's just a it's just a power grab. It's just people that are good at math they want to believe that they have the ultimate keys to uh, reality, and that's kind of somehow to their uh, benefit and and credit it has uh, been uh, worked into the 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 uh, kind of the public uh, consciousness. Meaning that we ask a person on the street what's the real reality. Well, it's all random, or it's the atoms, or or, or something like this. This hooey of uh, hodgepodge of who knows what. So anyhow, eh. Uh, All right, so what do we say at first? We said that uh, what's the method to advance in truth? Is it to experiment? So we say, we would say that that our experiments, our observations, they give us content uh, that we uh, can use uh, as it concerns our thought, as it concerns our ideas, as it concerns the the laws of the necessary means which we impose on uh, on reality. So for example, um, we know for a fact that a weight that is equal to another weight will balance out that other weight under equal circumstance. Obviously, the scale could be messed up. Somebody could could have put, put it put a uh, secretly taped the weight on one side or made it heavier. Right? Like the the fake coins could be a fake scale. I see, but uh, uh, pre- precluding uh, trickery and, and and all that kind of stuff, precluding tricks. We know that, right? But now we have two different weights and we want to find out if they're equal. So we do an experiment to find out. Uh, for for the for our utility for for some purpose of ours, uh, how we should think about using our thoughts—the given sight sensations or the given touch sensations—if we want to kind of engage in a little bit of reductionism and break things down a little bit like that, we would say that we just experience things, right? We see a bumblebee flying. Technically, we could say, okay, it's a sight, and it's synthetically connected with the concept of a bumblebee. And then there's the touch, but we would say, no, the, the experience we have is just holistic, so to say. It's comprehensive. We see a dog, uh, we see a poodle, you know, sticking its head out, out of the window of a, of, a, of a blue car. And we don't, uh, it, 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 would, it would be a stretch to say, okay, first I see, see strictly the shapes and the colors. It's synthetically connected to the concepts. Maybe technically that is how we would break it down, but we would say that that's how we... Experience it, but uh, anyhow, so that that's what then experiments are for. They give us material, they give us content, uh, they uh, help us uh, 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 kind of uh, navigate through our world in a useful way, but that is not to say that our, the, the we apprehend reality because of experiments or that we don't know anything until we have done experiments as some kind of, again, uh, say, physicists, mathematicians that are no... But or are not say mathematicians, but probably especially physicists and, and otherwise, and, and say chemists that have no background, again, in philosophy. That's what they think. Uh, even, even something such as the chemical composition of substances would say, we find out that uh, two things are alike because uh, they, they have the same chemical composition. The tests prove it. But what if the, the test revealed a difference right, in chemical composition? Would we say, would, is it falsified? Is the notion falsified? That two things that have the same chemical composition... Or are, uh, are the same thing? No, it's not falsified. So it's also a tautology. We say beforehand, by definition, everything that is the same has the same chemical composition. So it's our laws of thought. We experiment. We run tests in order to find out which aspects of our perception, uh, again, to re- have a little bit of reductionism arguably, which aspects of our perception uh, uh, stand for what ideas and, and how we should think about them. So we say that... Um, uh, that, that the real true way to, to, to understanding is to work with our thoughts, is to clarify our thinking. Uh, the, the way to find out what 5 plus 5 is isn't to run an experiment or a test or do a peer-reviewed study or to poll some college students. What do you think 5 plus 5 is? The real way is to clarify the thoughts. What do what are, what are the symbols stand for? If we simply say ten, that's just a word. We might as well say shmen. It, it doesn't matter. If we see say the signs, that's so, but that's simply a, a according to the system. So we have to say what do the signs and symbols stand for? Again, we would say it's a variation five variation 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 variation. Another five variation 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 variation. Alright. So when and when we combine these, either by choosing simply to view them together or by physically pushing. Uh, certain things that we've deemed to be variations like pebbles or apples together, we have variation, version, version. We have what we would call 10. All right, version. So we see we clarify that using our thought. We, we clarify the thought, and then we know for a fact what the answer is. And then we go out into uh, the, the realm of perception and figure out what is five. What am I going to deem as five? Right? I look at again, I look at a tree, I can say that's one right? There's one variation. It's a tree. Why? Because there's one concept that's being brought to my mind. Or I can pay attention to the branches. I count them up, the variations of, of the branches. Okay, now there's 10 variations that I'm taking into consideration. Uh, that Or I can pay attention to the leaves. That's a couple thousand or a hundred, whatever it may be, depending on the season, or zero, right? So it, it, that that's what we do. But we clarify uh, the, the means uh, uh, with which we, we're going to make these observations be, beforehand. So we see anyhow that a person that is committed to clarifying his or her thinking, never needs to leave uh, a small room with that uh, means to record thoughts unless somebody has a photographic memory to, to be able to systematically um, kind of uh, transcribe the thoughts and, and keep a, a running chain of them. And, and a, maybe a couple of simple objects are helpful, uh, something that represents the, the concept of matter, right? Even say, oh, we've discovered oh that that uh uh matter is an increased or decreased is neither created or destroyed but logically speaking right if we ask somebody if we burn a bunch of wood and there's the ashes where did where, 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 how much do the ashes weigh so we would say it's the wood minus the smoke minus what escaped it's a logical thing and that's how much the ashes weigh uh, right and if we found that that wasn't so uh, then we would have to, then we would say there's something else going on. It's a logical thing that matter is neither created or destroyed because matter would say it's an abstraction of ours. Uh, it's the notion uh, that there is uh, extension, that there is some sort of uh, uh, s- s- substrate, uh, uh, which, uh, uh, which is the general idea basically behind individuated um, notions, right? We say, it, which, is, which is purely an idea, obviously, I mean, Say a tree, uh, we say a car, and we would say that in as much as there's extension, it's basically extension. We would say that it's our notion of extension as derived from uh, really uh, t- touch sensations. But then, when, with experience, t- sight get, comes into the picture. We we uh, uh, predict touch sensations via sight, but really, it's a, it's our touch sensations. Uh, so so we can derive logically that it's neither created or destroyed. Right. <laughs> So we see it's not it's not about the test, but anyway. Right? So, a person can have a little something to represent matter, such as a stone, representing penetrability. Can have uh, uh, something to represent uh, the different senses. Can have a little perfume. Can have uh, something to eat that to, to represent taste, and something to make sound, represent the different senses, um, and uh, and can consequently have an endless uh, road to go in in real true understanding without ever doing a study, without ever doing an experiment or anything like that. On the flip side, we can do experiments all day long, and we can uh, um, do studies all day long, and it's not to say, there's obviously a, a benefit f- for a person that knows how to use uh, uh, the, the information, it's great, uh, uh, absolutely. But without that, it's nothing at all. It's There's no, uh, ask somebody, what 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 uh, kind of bone to science has the Large Hadron Collider brought? Obviously a person will be able to, uh, not a person, but, A a skilled uh, physicist that knows all of the vocab will be able to say, okay, we found the Higgs boson, yada, yada, yada. But these are just terms. Because a person hasn't, chances are, spend the time of exploring the laws of thought, according to which all perceptions will be viewed by necessity, Uh, he or she likely has absolutely no idea what is being said or what it could even possibly mean, uh, that that these statements and these equations. So it it has been a bone to... uh, uh, the the people that uh, kind of uh, are in are an insular system of uh, of terminology in a closed language game, right? Oh, this uh, XYZ, ABC, oh, blah, blah, this kind of stuff. But it has the real human understanding. What kind of boon? What kind of boon is it, right? On the other hand, we can sit in our room and figure out uh, that uh, uh, the, the, the thing about the scale that things are by necessity, Equal because um, if if things are balanced out, that means they're equal. That cannot be falsified, and that's a boon to our understanding. Then we get everything—a whole bunch of things. Not everything, but in that area, then then we get all all possible uh, a perceptions that, that 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 go under that uh, thought. Anyhow, so these are some things, interesting things to think about. We can do so. Thank you for listening.